This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And Thursday has arrived. We're inching ever so close to what will be a great weekend, we hope, in New Orleans sports. We've got so much to talk about. Obviously, the Pelicans are coming off of their road trip, and that's maybe not the most pleasant thing to talk about. I know an 0-2 start is not what everybody had in mind. The Pelicans arrived back at Armstrong International this morning at about 5 a.m. And having lost at Golden State in Portland, I know the team is eager for a win on Saturday and a great start to the home schedule when they welcome in the Golden State Warriors. We're going to talk about last night's game for sure, and uh, we'll look forward to Saturday in some form or fashion. Uh, But we'll also continue our march toward Saints and Giants on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That's the second part of your double bill there. Uh, uh, as far as uh, hometown sports go this weekend. And and with the uh, blessing of all, I hope that you won't mind me indulging in perhaps a little Halloween conversation with our own Jim Henderson. The voice of the Saints will be on the show today, as he is on Thursdays, and will give us a fantastic preview of the football game on Sunday afternoon. Speaking of the Saints, Coach Sean Payton spoke to the media earlier today. Uh, He's been doing a conference call here as a part of his week with the media on Wednesday mornings and Thursday mornings. And I do want to lift out a piece of that conference call and share it with you on the Black and Blue Report today. Obviously, when you look at the New York Giants, as we did yesterday with our friend from Giants.com, there are a couple of things very much going New York's way. That's why they have a winning record right now instead of top the division. They've been able to keep Eli Manning clean. That's on the list. And with that being said, Coach Payton was asked why they've been able to keep him clean, what kind of an impact that has so far on their season, and more. Here's Coach Payton from this morning. It's a combination of two things. The ball is coming out faster than we've seen from any other team we've played. So we did a whole statistical analysis. Passes that are being thrown underneath 2.5 seconds is efficiency. Very few sacks. Ball's out. And so there's a lot more quick passing game. And, you know, I mean, with certain schemes, if the ball's coming out, that there's really, uh, you know, it's a challenge to, to get to the quarterback and you, you got to get your hands up and you got to be able to try to affect him. So uh, it's a quicker tempo, quicker tempo passing game than, for instance, the week before. Um, they're doing a good job getting yards after the catch, so the target area, uh, be it still down the field with shots, the target area is a horizontal stretch where it really tests your man and zone coverage skills. So the ball's coming out quicker, uh, and I think that his numbers reflect that. And, and, and when you just go through the cutups and you keep watching and watching and watching, I mean, it's out. South of 2-5, he's been outstanding. If it gets north of 2-5, then it's then – it's, like it is for all the quarterbacks, a little bit more challenging. Just getting it out quicker, impact, say, like the, the turnover ratio, like you talked about, with these only thought. Absolutely. Well, if we all played street football and we said, all right, three Mississippi rush, and it was one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, there was always that kid that was like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, and he just kind of, as he was rushing the passer, it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> the routes aren't developed yet, and the timing is off, and I'm not ready to throw it yet. And so – you know, how do you how do you affect that part of the passing game? You disrupt the timing either from the passer or the or the recipient. 
So I just thought that was a good piece of his conference call with the media today and wanted to share that with you. Uh, we are going to share a little bit more about the Pelicans a bit later in Black and Blue Report, but after our first break here on today's podcast, we'll bring in Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints, next. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We uh, get back to our Thursday tradition again this week with Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints, as the Saints are now preparing for a homestand. If you can believe it, it'll start, of course, this Sunday. uh, And you'll, of course, have the call on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing after your travel? I don't know yet. I'll get back to you maybe by Sunday's kickoff against the New York Giants. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's going to be back home, that's for sure. And uh, I think I, I think I've seen enough of uh, Oakland and Portland to last me. I don't know at least another month before we go back there again. Um, but while I was away, I, I was a bit uh, jarred, Jim, that there was so much attention being paid to Drew Brees and his Halloween plans. And and not that I was jarred by that because that's become somewhat of a kind of a yearly check-in. I was surprised there. I had not read a story yet about Jim Henderson's plans for Halloween this weekend. going to hide out so I don't have to answer to any trick-or-treaters. Oh, come on. Uh, so I, it, yeah, no. Uh, I'll be, where will I be? I'll be up in Mississippi, and we're in such a rural area that we don't get many anyway. So, no, I'll, I'll watch it from afar and enjoy what my grandchildren are doing uh, over in Auburn. Okay, fair enough. I, 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 will, I will concede here, although... I will ask you this, you know, because of all the rain that's coming in the forecast on Saturday night, there's there's plans about moving trick-or-treating to Friday, which I get. But over the years now, I've seen all these different neighborhoods have these different traditions of, well, we're going to have our Halloween on the Saturday before. Or are, are, you a, are you a purist in that we'll only trick-or-treat on Halloween, or are you able to move that around a little bit for the sake of the young ones? You know, I think I'd be more of a purist that it's only on that night, but I can certainly understand such a big night for the kids, and especially if it's going to be a washout, and I think there's a safety factor involved in here, too. So I don't, I'm not, um, 
unhappy with the fact that they might move it up a day in view of really some bad weather because it's such a such a big night for the kids and you don't want to spend um, the night inside or, or trick or treating truncated. You want to want to do it like you intend to do it. So I, I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. Oh, one more question, by the way, since you since you were a star during the golden age of television, only in this city, but also across America as a sports anchor, a part of the big news desk at night. Um, did you did you dress up if you happen to be on the desk on Halloween? And, and if not, did any of your colleagues come up with maybe something special that still to this day sticks out? No, to tell you the truth, never. But my my recommend my um, revelations about Halloween, and as I look back during the time that I did spend on the desk at, at Channel Four, it was one of the most regrettable nights of the year because I almost never had a chance to go home where we lived on the West Bank, to go out with my kids on Halloween. I really regret that. You know, there are a lot of times in this business where the job has to come first. And I think any time, and you know this, when you have to work a holiday in this business, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Halloween, it's really difficult. And that's one of the difficult things about this business, which has a lot of great things going for it. But that's, that's probably my memory of Halloween that's the freshest, is the fact that I, I very seldom got a chance to to be with my own children on Halloween, and I regret that. Plus, I could yeah. have stolen some of the candy. This is true. I thought I thought for sure you were you were not going to mention the candy part there, and so I'm glad that you were able to slide that in. Um, and I'm glad that you'll have some quiet time on Saturday to to wrap up the month of October. November will start with the Saints and Giants, and if you look back in October, Jim, um, you might smile if you're a Saints fan as to what's happened in a month that seems in stark contrast to September. Yeah, and Sean Payton has uh, had a very good month of October during the, the years that he's been, been here. So that was nice. And, you know, I, maybe it is, is always darkest before the dawn because I was really down on this football team, as I think everybody was who watched the Philadelphia game, who had watched them in preseason, who had watched them losing to Tampa Bay. And um, it, it's very heartening the fact that they've responded with two victories since then. I think one of the things that's interesting as I look at this matchup is both the Giants and the Saints played by far their worst game of the season at Philadelphia against the Eagles in defeat, and neither has lost since. Now, it's only been one game for the Eagles and two for the Saints, but I'm always looking for themes, and that's one of them. That's a very good point. There's no doubt about that. And speaking of trending in the right direction, the same would be said for the New York Giants, who now seemingly after what may some may have said would be a bad start, although it didn't seem that awful, uh, they've reeled off a bunch of wins now and find themselves atop of that same division that you spoke of featuring the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they got off to that tough start. I mean, they lost to Dallas in their opener, 27-26, squandered a winnable game in the fourth quarter. Same happened against Atlanta in their home opener, losing 24-20. So they're off to an 0-2 start as the Saints were off to an 0-3 start. And now they've won four of their last five, including a, a very nice victory against Dallas last Sunday. Jim, let's stay on the Giants' side for a moment. If you look at the pure number of where the defense ranks, it, it doesn't really make you stand up. But then again, uh, they've been opportunistic and, and in a lot of ways have been very complimentary of their offensive side because of takeaways. Could be a huge uh -huh. storyline this weekend. Well, it should be. They're plus 10 and uh, number one in the NFL in that regard. They've got 11 interceptions. They had three off Matt Castle last week. Yeah, I think that the Giants have really found um, – their style, and their style is going to be getting the ball out quickly from Eli Manning, avoiding turnovers, avoiding interceptions and fumbles, uh, being opportunistic on defense. Kind of interesting. They've got 11 interceptions, 
they've only got nine sacks. That's 31st in the NFL, so oftentimes these things go hand-in-hand hand when you're pressuring the quarterback. It gives you more of an opportunity to intercept the football, but they've been so cautious offensively. Eli's only been intercepted four times. Uh, they've forced 14 fumbles. They've recovered five. They've only lost two fumbles, so that's that's been the key to the Giants, I think, the fact that they're taking the football away and they're not giving it away. Uh, the short passing game has not put Eli at risk. In back of an offensive line, that's kind of been in flux. It's certainly not the, the biggest portion of their team and the and the best portion of their team offensively. And they're missing a lot of people. I mean, the Saints are pretty lucky here. They're going to be missing the likes of Victor Cruz, Jason Pierre-Paul, Prince of Mucamora, their left tackle, Will Beatty. All these guys, in all likelihood, I guess the only one that might have a chance to play would be a Mucamora. But the Saints are going to face a team that has lost a lot of its weapons. When these guys come back, and if they come back, and they don't have any more serious injuries, this is a Giants team that I think is going to have to be reckoned with. Maybe you're right. I didn't think about that. That's, that is quite a collection there. Jim, on the Saints side of things over the last two weeks, what has impressed you more or what, I guess, has grabbed your attention more, the Saints offense or the Saints defense? Well, I think you can make a point in either regard, and I think that's why they've won their last two. They're playing complementary football. They're getting um, they're getting some real um, um, things from both their offense, their defense, and their special teams. They're all contributing. And I think all those three phases have been what have made the Saints – what they have been in the last couple of games. But I think if you were to say one phase or the other, I think I'd have to say the defense. Uh, this is a young defense that I think is really coming of age. They're producing turnovers. Um, they seem to understand the game more. If they can get Keenan Lewis back there to, to, to team up with Delvin Burrow in the secondary, those are probably going to be the best two cornerbacks the Saints have had at one time in years. Now, maybe not saying a lot, but you know, Keenan Lewis is always supposed to be the shutdown corner on this team. And, he may still be when he returns to full health, but in the meantime, Delvin Burrow, apart from what happened to him last week against the Colts, is one of the best corners in the NFL. I saw him ranked in the top three recently. Wow, that's fantastic. I, you know, in, in the Delvin Burrow situation is such a great story, too. The New Orleans kid who has made good and finds himself now rising amongst the, the elite in the NFL. I mean, we're talking about Louisiana kids making their mark across the NFL, and certainly the New York Giants, Jim, could be a case study in that, as we'll see several make their homecomings this weekend as well. You mentioned Eli Manning, but there are more on the Giants' side that will be celebrating a return to Louisiana on Sunday afternoon. Well, a ton of them. If you just look at the offense, you've got Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you've got Reuben Randall, Larry Donnell, their tight end <clears throat> is from Grambling. Uh, you've got Orleans Darkwa, who was able to carry the ball for the first time last week and contributed a touchdown in that victory over the Cowboys. Uh, you got Brad Wing, their punter, just looking at one side of the flip chart. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, and that's going to be one of the things, I think, that makes this a special game. How special would it be to start November off with a win and uh, find yourself even at 500 after the horrendous start that this football team suffered? Jim, do you like the Saints' chances this weekend, and is this team about to get on somewhat of a serious roll here? Well, I do like their chances this week, and should they win it, I think you'd have to consider it a pretty serious role with the fact that you've got the Tennessee Titans coming in here next week, and the, the, the schedule certainly gets markedly easier than it was at the beginning. You've got a team that is getting healthier all the time. So, yeah, I think it would be a real time to get excited about this football team should they climb to 500. Now, last year they were in kind of the same hole, and climbed to 500 and were there for one week before a second-half collapse. I don't envision that from this football team, but 
certainly that's a consideration after what happened last year. You know, you, you get behind, and you know this, um, mm-hmm. having having covered uh, the Pelicans and, and the Hornets, you get behind by a lot, you expend a lot of energy getting back to even, and then you have nothing left for the stretch. So let's hope that doesn't happen to the Saints. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a very good uh, way to look at it. Uh, one more thing, Jim, about the series itself. Uh, and again, of course, I've just now misplaced my sheet on this, but Gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about fairly recent meetings between these two teams, and I know they're kind of scattered about, but it just seems like there's blowouts all over the place in this series. Um, I mean, just the last two trips for New York to New Orleans, probably they're ones that they'd like to forget. And if I'm not mistaken, one of your most recent trips to the Meadowlands wasn't so hot either. No, that was uh, during the Bounty Gate year, 2012, as I recall, as a I think it was a Sunday night game. It was just miserable. It was rainy there, and the Saints were awful in that game. Uh, they had a guy named Dave Wilson who just had a great uh, night returning the football and also running the football. I think he was a former number one draft choice whose uh, career was shortened because of injury. But, yeah, he had a, a great game there. It was a terrible night for the Saints. And conversely, the Giants have lost their last three here in New Orleans by an average of 47-20. to 20. So it's been a strange series. Yeah, no doubt about that. I'm anxious to uh... – See what happens on Sunday, and I'm very eager to see you, my friend, on Sunday. I look forward to that, and uh, and uh, have a great rest of your week, my friend. Thanks a lot, Sean. Always great hearing from you. Get some rest. I will do so. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, helping us with our great Thursday preview here on the Black and Blue Report. The Pelicans Pick 6 Plan, presented by Domino's, is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your pick six plan today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue our conversation on this Thursday, and we turn our attention to basketball. The Pelicans lost last night to the Portland Trailblazers, 112-94. Believe it or not, the Blazers have now won 15 straight home openers. That is an NBA record. That's an amazing number, especially when you look at all the uh, transition they've had in their franchise, including last night where they rolled out four new starters from a year ago. Damian Lillard was the lone man standing in the Blazers starting five. He had 21 last night, but it was C.J. McCollum who stole the show. He had a new career high before halftime, 28 points, ended up with 37, and a very shorthanded Pelicans team uh, struggled uh, mightily out of the gates, falling behind at one point by 30 points. But, but this team has some perseverance. We, we noticed that here in the first two games. They got all the way back to within eight, but couldn't finish the deal and dropped to 0-2 on the season. Anthony Davis looked a little better last night. Well, a lot better, frankly, than in the opener. 
uh, and ended up going 10 of 17 from the field, including three threes. Those three three-pointers were a part of the furious comeback. Davis also earned his first double-double of the season with 10 rebounds. And uh, so now the stage uh, gets uh, set for a Saturday night home opener against the Golden State Warriors. Um, look, we'll be looking for the Pelicans to shoot for a better percentage and not get in so much of an early hole. That's certainly one of the things that was on head coach Alvin Gentry's mind after the ball game last night in Portland. Alvin, you knew it would be a tough road trip, um, but they're in, it's in the book now. What did, you, uh, what did you see tonight? I was a little disappointed. I mean, obviously, after the way we started the game, uh, you know, gave up way too many easy baskets. The transition, you know, I think they had 44 points on transitions and second shots and, you know, uh, just drive-by layups. But uh, I thought we played well in the second half. We competed and, uh, you know, you're down 28, 29 points. It's got to be the perfect storm to come back. Uh, I thought we did. We, we fought like crazy and I thought we competed, you know, the way that we should have the first half. So, uh, I would say that's one of the things that we have to correct right away. We got to get off to better starts. We played two games now, and we've given up 40 and you know 43 points, you know 39, whatever it was. But that's way, way, way too many. And now you put yourself behind the eight ball, and you know you're playing uphill the rest of the way. And so we've got to get to the point where we're competing right from the start, and uh, and we got to have better ball movement. You know we we got a little stagnant there at the start, and. I think I said it, the, the uh, Golden State game. What's happening is that we're getting ourselves down and then everyone's trying to do it individually. And so all that, that's a recipe for disaster, really. It really is a recipe for disaster that we got to trust what we're doing and keep the ball moving and, uh, you know, figure out a way to compete for 48 minutes. Coach, when you mounted the comeback, Drew Holiday seemed to, to almost, I don't want to say settle the offensive down, but... At times, it seemed like he was trying to show them the way. Well, yeah, you know, it's just it, it, it's 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 really tough, you know, planning five, taking him out, planning six, taking him out, and then you have to take him out at the end. But you know, that's what it is right now. Medically, that's what it is. So uh, we have to abide by that so that we don't get ourselves in trouble uh, down the road. So uh, it's what we have to do. I mean, like I said, I thought there were some good things that happened. Uh, Really disappointed at the start, but for the most part, I thought the second half we competed and played hard. And, uh, you know, we had a wide open three with six minutes to go uh, to cut it to seven points and just didn't get it in because, you know, like I said, when you're in those situations and you're down that much, then you almost have to have the perfect storm to be able to come back and win the game. So, you know, this is a lesson learned. You know, we still got 80 games to play. So, uh, you know, hopefully this will be something that we won't have to revisit in the future. We ran into tough two red-hot shooters on this road trip. Curry last night, McCollum just goes crazy tonight. Is it, is it one of those things when you see a player get into a, a rhythm like that, is it hard to stop them? Well, you know, in this league it is, yeah. You know, in this league it is. And, uh, you know, uh, CJ's and uh, most of Steph's stuff were jump shots, you know, contested jump shots. They're great shooters. Uh, so there's not a whole lot you can do about it. What you try to do uh, is what we tried to do at Golden State was say, okay, he's on, a, he's on a rhythm, but let's not get anybody else in a rhythm. So I thought we did a really good job at that, you know, and CJ played great, you know. He, he played great, you know. I, if anybody remember, he single-handedly beat Duke by himself, you know. I mean, thought he did a great job with that. So he, he's, he's a very good basketball player, and he happened to shoot the ball extremely well tonight. 
All right, we'll hear more from head coach Alvin Gentry tonight on the Alvin Gentry Show. I'll let you know the details about that before we leave you on this podcast uh, in just a moment. Another note or two real quick about last night's game and the start of this season. Uh, We knew that it would be very tough to go out and play that back-to-back at Oakland and at Portland, and it speaks to the fact that the Pelicans are playing the toughest schedule of any NBA team between now and the end of December. Uh, It doesn't get any easier when the defending champs come your way on Saturday and you'll see the Warriors for the second time in your first three games. It's the first time that any team has had to face the defending champ in the first two of three games to the ensuing uh, regular season. The last team to have to do that were the Buffalo Braves in 1974 when they opened the season twice with the Boston Celtics. So there you have it. We'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll wrap up today's Black and Blue Report. And I'll give you the uh, programming note there on the Alvin Gentry Show right after this. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. We will say thank you to our guests today, Jim Henderson and Sean Payton, also head coach Alvin Gentry. And we'll say thanks to you as well for making us a part of your Thursday. We hope to see you back here tomorrow when Kenny Albert from the NFL on Fox will be a part of our show. We'll also be previewing the start of the Pelicans homestand with uh, the Friday podcast. And uh, we're just we're just going to be I'm going to be in a great mood tomorrow knowing that Pelicans home opener Saturday get to see the Saints back in the Dome on Sunday. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be talking about great things on Monday. That'll be fantastic. We'll be talking about a lot of good stuff tonight with Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry. His radio show is yours tonight at 7 Central on the flagship station of the New Orleans Pelicans Radio Network. That's 99.5 WRNO-FM in New Orleans. I asked Coach Gentry um, in the show tonight about his experience receiving his championship ring at Golden State on Tuesday. And I also asked him to give us a couple of nuggets that may have surprised him about some of his new players and i think that you're really going to want to tune in for that it'll all be a part of a half an hour show tonight that is our most extensive visit of the week with the pelicans head coach our thanks to daniel salerson he's produced today's podcast he'll be also our 
producer in charge of the Alvin Gentry Show tonight, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.